Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, good evening, Facebook family. We are coast to coast with Big Papa Post. Welcome to another episode of Facebook Live and Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name, baby? Big Papa. Yeah, so here we are. Happy Friday. Happy freaking fabulous Friday, everyone. Um, I was in New York this morning, and now I'm in Oklahoma. Traveling the very friendly skies. Hello, Heidi. Glad you're here joining us from New Zealand. People always ask me, how was your flight? And I'm like always consistently it was fantastic because anytime i land safely it was an amazing flight i don't care how bumpy it was i don't care how many people puked in the aisles if i land on the ground safe and sound it was a fantastic freaking flight and it was a fantastic freaking flight because today is fantastic freaking fabulous friday baby hope you guys are doing well so i was thinking what am i going to talk about I had a great little event last night in New York at the foster care, the Adoptive and Foster Families Coalition of New York. Fantastic. Really enjoyed being there with my good friend Pat O'Brien, seeing all those amazing foster parents and people interested in being foster parents. And so then I was thinking, well, what am I going to talk about? So I pulled up Facebook and right there, bam, right in my face is a quote from Ross Green. From PACT, the PACT Alliance out in California. Ross Green, if you've been in this field for a while, you probably know who he is. He wrote a book 20-something years ago called The Explosive Child. It's hard to believe it's been that long. But yeah, it was about that long when Ross wrote that book. Because Ross and I were on the speaking circuit at the exact same time. I remember hearing him speak in Dallas, Texas is where that was. Um, so yeah, Ross has been a, been around for quite a while. Um Got quite a bit of respect for his work. It's it's really evolved into a good space um, over the over the years. And um, he says the quote was: "Kids with trauma histories don't need more punishment, and quite frankly, they don't need more stickers." That's cool. That's cool. Hey there, Leslie from Utah. Good to see you. So I thought about that for a moment. Children with trauma histories don't need more punishment and frankly don't need more stickers. I would probably rephrase that slightly and say children don't need more punishment, period. Children don't need more punishment. The stickers, stickers is ridiculous. It's so elementary, it's so basic. Well, I mean, we, I think we've got to be beyond sticker charts by now. Are you beyond sticker charts yet? Do you have a sticker chart on your wall? You know, I mean, you know how many homes I've been in and I've seen dusty, <laughs> dusty sticker charts. It's like it's, it's you can still you can see like the outline of the wall and, and the the sticker chart because it's kind of rolled up over the years and it's been there for so long, like it's the whole wall's faded. So, so what does he mean by that? Children with trauma histories don't need more punishment. When we punish, and here's the thing, we punish under the auspices of discipline. 
We punish children under the auspices of discipline because we think that discipline means punishment. The definition of discipline is to teach, not to punish. I'm going to say that again. The definition of discipline is to teach, not to punish. And there are two really, 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 really specific things. If we're talking about just children with trauma histories, and we're talking about they don't need more punishment, the moment you start punishing a child who has a history of trauma for their behavior, their behavior, which is a manifestation of their stress, which is a manifestation 99.9% .9 of the time from their own trauma, definitely 100% of the time from their stress, then think about this for a minute. When you punish a child with a trauma history, if you really understand that their behaviors are a manifestation of their stress, their fear, and their trauma, then you're essentially punishing them for their trauma. When you So that's one. When you punish a child for their behaviors, which is a manifestation of their stress, their fear, and their trauma, what you're failing to remember in that moment, that's an important point too, what you're failing to remember in that moment is that in times of stress, our thinking becomes confused and distorted and our short-term memory is suppressed. In times of stress, our thinking becomes confused and distorted and our short-term memory is suppressed. So when you're punishing a child for their behaviors, which is a manifestation of their stress, their fear, and their trauma, what you're actually, what you're actually doing is rendering it more likely that they won't learn anything because they're already stressed out, which means their thinking is already confused and distorted. How do I know they're already stressed out? Because an acting out child is a stressed out child. That's how I know that. An acting out child is a stressed out child. I love seeing that buffalo behind me. That's like my favorite buffalo painting. You guys can't see the whole thing, but it's like, it's, it is six feet long and it's four feet tall. And it was done by my friend. She's an artist. Her name's Amy DeVoe. Six feet. That's six feet. That's, that's almost as tall as I am. And I just love seeing it back there. Isn't that beautiful? Let me see. See that? Right there. Bam, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at the full body. See, every now and then I have to uh I have to not speak like here because then it looks like the bull's peeing, the buffalo's peeing on my head. Not Big Papa don't want no no don't want no R. Kelly going on from the uh from the buffalo. So we'll keep it right here. Okay, so Oh Heidi, you just got told that you were not liked, that you're not popular. Well, you just send her some love. Big Papa sends her some love. Big Papa sends her some love. Just knows that Aunt Heidi is doing the best she can. When you punish a child who's in a state of stress, who's, who's acting out their behaviors, which are a manifestation of their stress, their fear, and their trauma, you are essentially stressing them out more. When you stress them out more, you create more confused and distorted thinking. You create more difficulty accessing the short-term memory. You create, you make it impossible for the child to even remember because you're shutting the short-term memory down even further. So they can't remember. This is why children keep doing the same thing. But I said, that's an interesting point, right? An interesting point is that we punish thinking that it's discipline. Why is that? Because when we see behaviors, we get stressed out too. When we become stressed, guess what happens to our thinking? Thoughts go right out of our head. 
Our emotions dictate our thinking. We are not thinking clearly. Our short-term memory is shut down. Therefore, we punish because we are in a place of confusion and distortion. And we're also in a place of stress and fear. And you guys know I could go all into that. But I'm not too, not going to because this is the greatest little 10-minute parenting show on the planet. And it's not an all-day lecture. Um, so here's the thing. When Ross Green says children with trauma histories, which I believe children per period don't need more punishment, you're just creating more stress when you punish. If you want to be an effective, I don't even say disciplinarian, I say an effective disciple. Man, that makes it, whew, you got to take a deep breath on that. When I say if you want to be an effective disciple, <laughs> doesn't that just like raise the bar just like I can say, don't you you want to be you want to be an effective disciplinarian? But as soon as I say that, you think about your high school principal or your grade school principal. But if I say you want to be an effective disciple, whoo! Be an effective disciple means you want to be an effective teacher. If you want to be an effective teacher, you got to make sure that your child is in a a clear state of thinking. So they can think clearly, and you also want to know, you want to make sure that their short-term memory is open and available so they can remember. Hence, learn. Cassandra says, my kid goes from argumentative anger to complete shutdown and non-communication. Absolutely. Of course they do. They turtle up on you. Because when you are, when they're being argumentative, you're being argumentative too. Cassandra. So they get overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed and they get angry because they feel helpless. Your child feels helpless like they're not being heard because you're being argumentative. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a deep breath and say, keep telling me. Keep telling me. I'm listening. Keep telling me. And let them be argumentative. Let them be angry because you know what you're getting? When you're getting argumentative and angry, you're getting feeling expression. Remember, attitudes, feelings, behaviors. Guess what shows up when they can't express their feelings? He shuts down or she shuts down. When he or she shuts down, they turtle up and then you get nothing. Then you get no communication. Now think about that because that's the confusion. Because when our children are arguing with us, which if we're not arguing with them, there's really nothing to argue about. But when they're arguing towards us and we start arguing back, then we're not listening to them. They get more stressed, so they feel more helpless. But what they're doing is expressing feelings. But as we're arguing back and probably indicating, don't argue with me. Don't argue with me. Oh, my gosh, that sounds like something my mom, my mom might have said. <laughs> my dad might. I can just hear it. I just Isn't that automatic? Don't argue with me. Don't argue with me. As soon as I say don't argue with me, guess what I'm doing? I'm suppressing your feelings. And when I'm suppressing your feelings, guess what I'm pushing you towards? Remember, attitudes, three pathways of expression. Three pathways of emotional expression. Attitudes, feelings, behaviors. If it's not okay to express my attitudes, I'm going to get suppressed to my behaviors. If it's not okay to my feelings, if it's not okay to express my feelings, I'm going to get suppressed to my behaviors. And that's what you get. You get a child who turtles up on you. And then you feel helpless, don't you? Then they don't want to talk to you at all. So here's what you do. Next time your child gets starts to escalate, gets agitated, take three to ten deep breaths, Cassandra. 
Remember, it's going to be okay because when they're getting argumentative, you're getting all of these old messages that say they shouldn't be doing this. They're being disrespectful. They shouldn't be arguing with me right now. And then as soon as those messages, those tapes start playing, mom and dad start playing, grandma and grandpa start playing, society starts playing in your head, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, don't argue with me. And guess what you do? You suppress the attitude, you suppress the feelings, and then you get the behaviors. And then you feel helpless because they won't talk to you at all. Well, they were just talking to you. We just don't like the way that they talk to us. But until a child learns that it's okay to express their feelings, they will continue to express their feelings more. And when they realize that they cannot express their feelings, they will shut down. And that's the behavior. As soon as you start giving your child permission to express their feelings, stop thinking of it as argumentative. Start, stop thinking of it as angry. I don't even see those things. I don't even see them. Big Papa is blind to argumentative and angry. I can't see argumentative and angry. Woe is me, Lord. Woe is me. What am I seeing, Lord? I am seeing fear. I am seeing survival. I am seeing a child who feels helpless. I am seeing a child who is expressing their feelings the best way they know how. And when I see that with new eyes... I don't argue, and I don't get angry, and I don't get scared. I say, give me the feelings. Let me have them. Let me have them. Let me have them. Thank you for telling me. Thank you for telling me. Let me think about that. Thank you for telling me. Let me think about that. Go to your room if you want to. Hang out. Have a seat. Let me think about what it is you're saying. I need to process. I get older. My brain doesn't work as fast. Let me, let me think about it. Let me think about it. See, you're, you're keeping the lines of communication open. Cheryl says, my kiddo becomes a flying, physical, aggressive ninja. Ooh, you, Cheryl Duffin Hoskins, definitely want your child expressing their attitudes and their feelings. Think about this, guys. If a child is expressing their attitudes and their feelings, rolling their eyes and huffing and puffing. See, this is, this is interesting. This is something Ross Green... You know, this, his explosive child book. I think he put put it in. Can I tell you guys something? I never read a book. The whole basket thing. Never did it. But Ross has good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. But when a child has continually been suppressed into their behaviors, they have no other option except the behaviors. I want to tell you guys this, and I want you to hear me. Then I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. You're welcome, Cassandra. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. Or don't. You don't have to. If your child is misbehaving, if your child is acting out their behaviors, if your child is expressing themselves through their behaviors, it is because that's what they have learned. That's what they have been taught. That's what has been co communicated to them as the preferred expression. Even though you think you're not saying misbehave, when you say don't roll your eyes and don't yell, what you're actually saying is misbehave. Didn't realize that, did you? Didn't realize that, did you? Because if you can't express your attitude, you're going to drop to your feelings. If you can't drop your feelings, you're going to drop down to behaviors. So what happens is your child is now the byproduct the byproduct of conditioning, negative conditioning, 
Negative conditioning that says attitudes are not okay, feelings are not okay, now we have behaviors. That's my only other option because children don't have any other way to express except through behaviors. And then guess what? Their brain, literally their brain starts to get conditioned, like new synapses form around reactions of specific triggers for them to have that specific behavior. So you actually have to retrain your child's brain to not have to drop into behaviors. Now, it's not that dramatic. It doesn't have to take that long. It starts by allowing the attitudes and feelings. And the only way you're going to allow attitudes and feelings is by not feeling overwhelmed. Like you want to slap the taste out of your child's mouth. Like you want to knock their eyeballs back into the back of their head. Like you just want to strangle their little necks. As long as you're having that reaction, you'll never be able to get to a place where they can have their attitudes and feelings. So, Amy, I'm going to answer Amy's question. Then Big Papa's going to sign off. Amy is a, a wonderful, 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 amazing person. She was at the camp this year. It's just beautiful. So Amy says, what about when I say, give me your feelings? She shuts down and says she isn't going to let me know how she feels. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. She's telling you exactly how she feels. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And listen to this. If I say to my child, give me your feelings, and they say, I'm not going to give you my feelings, they're giving you their feelings. If they shut down, she's giving you her feelings. It's one seed after the next seed after the next seed. And then pretty soon, here's what you do, Amy. You stop saying, give me your feelings. And you just listen. Just listen. And then you say, thank you for telling me. Thank you for letting me know. And if a child says, this isn't like with so much, some of you guys who've done emotional work with me, you know that when I, I get start helping you get into your body and I'll say, put some sound to it and you go, huh, and I'll say, great, that's good. That's good. Because that is sound. That is sound. I don't ever say, put sound to it. And someone goes, huh, and I say, oh, that's not good enough. I always say, it could be good, good. That's sound. You're giving me sound. It's the same thing with children and their feelings. If your child says, I'm not going to tell you how I feel. She's telling you how she feels. You just go, thank you. Thank you. Tell me more. And maybe you leave her alone. She goes to her room. And you go back later and say, thank you, honey. I know that took a lot of courage. I know it doesn't seem like it was a big thing, but it took a lot of courage. A lot of courage. So here's the thing. So I hope that helps, Amy. I hope that helps. There was another stat posted. The lady's got like, I think her name's Cheryl. Met her last night. I've been getting her Facebook, her Facebook posts. Wonderful, lovely lady. She's got two name, two last names, and she posts a stat about twenty percent of adoptions. Research says twenty percent of adoptions. That's one out of five adoptions fails disrupts you know my immediate reaction to that is if we would just improve our education to pre-adoptive placements to pre-adoptive parents we'd reduce that by 80 percent i believe that if we would just educate adoptive pre-adoptive parents better that alone would reduce that 20 percent by 80 percent that alone the other 20% that's left over, 
probably 10 to 15% of that is just a bad placement. Just a bad placement. It's just not the right fit. But if we just educate better on the front end, I think we could save so many adoptive placements and save so many parents the stress and the overwhelm that they feel and so many children that continue desperation and not feeling good enough. Hey, happy freaking fabulous Friday, baby. Big Papa loves you. Remember, in any given situation, you always have two choices. You can continue to react from your same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm from what the generations have informed you to do, or you can stop, you can slow down, take three to 10 deep breaths. Remember, remember this, last thing I want you to remember, sometimes doing nothing is doing everything. Sometimes doing nothing at all. Stopping, calming, breathing, which means you're doing everything is doing everything. You don't always have to do something. You don't always have to say something. Nobody's going to die. Stop. Just stop. Breathe. Choose love, baby. Choose love. Slow down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's a process. It's repetition. You're changing your child's brain. Big Papa loves you. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for joining me for another fabulous week of Post Daily Dose. I'm so glad to be home. It feels so good to be back in Oklahoma. Um, going to be here more or less off and on for the next couple weeks. So uh, there you have it. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you soon.